When I was in the seventh grade, I fell in love for the first time. Uh, you know, there's so many people that I know by the time that they reach junior high school, they usually have their first, you know, romances, their first loves. And gosh, there's nothing like it, right? I mean, you get the, those intense, majorly intense feelings. And everything when you're in junior high school and, and in your teenage years is so larger than life. It's either really, really amazingly good or it's really, really devastating and the whole world's coming to an end. <laughs> but this this first love that I had when I was in the seventh grade, um, I, I just really thought, okay, this is it. I, I, I've got my whole life planned out now. <laughs> and this person was going to be my person. And you know how things are when you're young. I mean, what are you, 12 in the seventh grade, 12, 13, something like that? Um, I think that, you know, you, you, you have these strong, immense feelings uh, when you have your first love. And then um, you know, they, these relationships last, you know, sometimes a few days, sometimes a few weeks, sometimes if you're really lucky, a few months and before somebody decides to break up with somebody. <laughs> and this first love that I had, it kind of went like that, but it was surprisingly lasted quite a long time, um, especially for the, those young years. Um, we were a couple, and I, if you could see the air quotes, a couple, and going out, as they say. Um, for several months before he decided that, you know, he needed a break or whatever it was. And I was devastated. I got to tell you. I mean, I thought the whole world had come to an end. Um, you know, I was never going to love again. All these, <laughs> all these ridiculous things that we say to ourselves when we're young. And um, consequently, you know, I had lots of boyfriends over the years and, uh, you know, not a lot, but I had several different boyfriends here and there. Some of them lasted a few weeks. Some of them lasted a few months. And, um, but this one particular, the first love guy, he always, he just kept reappearing in my life. And so he and I were a thing off and on until I was about 15. And, but we remained friends our whole lives. And to this day, we're still friends. But the funny thing about that is when you are, you know, in the, the midst of a breakup or things are not going well or whatever, and you're praying with all your might or you're, you're out of desperation, just begging God or universe or whoever it is that you pray to, you know, to let it all work out, let it be okay. That is not manifesting. <laughs> and I know that there's a lot of talk today about manifesting. Actually, when you are in the desperation fight or flight mode where you're, you know, your adrenaline is rushing and you're high stress, you know, all of the blood's rushing to your extremities so that you can go, go, do, do, you know, that's what fight or flight was actually designed for in animals <laughs> is to protect you, but it's not meant to be sustained. And when you are in high stress mode, um, they've proven it scientifically now that there are elements within our body this, that our energies shift. And so we're going to talk today about what manifesting actually is, what it looks like, how it actually works. And it's not just doing a vision board, people. It's not making your checklist. <laughs> There's so much more to come today. I'm really happy that you're here. So if you're a manifester, uh, we're going to talk about what that looks like. If you're interested in manifesting or if you're questioning uh, that manifesting even is a thing, uh, you've got to stick around for more today because we've got a great conversation coming up. I'll talk to you more in a minute. Are you in midlife or beyond looking for something more? Are you curious about what might light you up in the second half of life? I think it's time for you to rediscover your desire to live a more joyful life. After all, don't we all deserve to live a vibrant and adventurous life? Isn't that what you signed up for? Welcome to Beautiful Second Act Podcast, where we are all striving to live our best life in the second half of life. 
If you're on a journey to find your truest and highest self, then this is the place for you. Join me for some insightful conversations with inspiring people that dream big and no matter their age are seeking the things that motivate them. People that are answering the call to live fully. You'll also hear some of my personal stories about creativity and growth. I'm Patty Diener, an author, an entrepreneur, and a seeker of the best life possible in our beautiful second act. So let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Beautiful Second Act Podcast. I am Patty Diener, your host. We're going to get a little woo-woo today, y'all. Today, <laughs> you know, if, if you're new to the podcast, uh, you're going to find that I am a little woo-woo. Um, I definitely have that spiritual side of me that believes in all kinds of, you know, the power of intention and quantum physics and I believe in uh, putting a vibration out there, and you know, we're going to talk about that today, but mostly we're going to be talking about manifestation. And um, yeah, over the last, I'd say probably decade, I've really been doing a lot of research on this topic, specifically from listening to other you know, thought-provoking leaders like Deepak Chopra and Dr. Wayne Dyer, Gabrielle Bernstein. Uh, I, I listen to a lot of people that talk about this. Dr. Joe Dispenza is a huge one on this. Um, and, and these people that I have listened to have really opened up my mind to the possibilities of there's so much out there. It's infinite. And I'm going to talk to you about it today. So when we talk about manifesting, okay, <laughs> Like earlier, what I was talking about when I was, you know, saying from begging from the universe when you know you feel out of desperation, um, you know, to the universe or to God or source, when we so desperately want something, um, it, it can help to ask the universe or God or source or you know whoever it is you pray to because I do believe in prayer, but I also believe you have to believe in order for it to work. Uh, but ultimately, it's not really manifesting. So. When people watch or read, you know, The Secret, um, everybody's heard about The Secret by now. Um, they made it into a movie. It's this uh, really interesting book. But anyway, um, if they watch or read The Secret or they speak of vision boarding or um, they talk about one thing that they really, really want and they talk about it again and again and they stay, you know, laser focused on one particular outcome that they desire, that's just another way that you're allowing your ego to be fed. Um, you're saying, I have to have these things this way in order for me to feel whole or to feel fulfilled or to be satisfied. Uh, recently, uh, I was listening to Kathy Heller speak about this. What she said really cracked me up because it's so true. She was saying that a lot of people come to manifestation like it's a Christmas list, <laughs> you know, like I want this bike and or I want this guy or I want things to work out this way in this scenario. Well, then all you're really doing is obsessing. That's all you're doing. Here's why. When you're working from a place of your ego and you're not allowing your energy to connect to the universe through unplugging that monkey mind thinking, you know, that we do, you know, constantly obsessing in our mind. When you are working from that place of ego, then you're just living in ego and not in creation, in the creation mindset. When you have that practice of meditation or journaling, I, I call it bright, you know, mind dumping and you just journal things out, um, or being in nature, uh, doing yoga, maybe practicing some breath work or some gratitude mantra, 
There's so many things that you can do to open up to abundance through receiving what you're putting out there. And then you can get more of that back. Dr. Wayne Dyer, he is probably one of my all-time favorite teachers. He is so inspirational and he has taught me so much even though he's passed. Now, I, I continue to listen to him online. He's got lots of uh, media out there that you guys can listen to on uh, YouTube and um, he's also got a podcast. He has loads of books. But anyway, he always said that we don't get what we want. We get what we are. Are you in the vibration of flow, of allowing, of believing, of receiving? Because it isn't enough to just want something. And it's not earned, by the way. It just is. Whatever it is that flows to you when you are in allowing and believing these things are not earned. It just is because you end up attracting more of what you are. And you also, you can't hold on so tightly to an outcome. I've learned this the hard way. You know, we, we obsess about certain things and we see things, we envision things having to be a certain way. You can't hold so tightly to an outcome of one particular thing. You can ask or visualize something that you feel aligned with or drawn to, but you have to be open to that. Or, but you have to be open to that thing that you are aligned with or drawn to. Be open to it or something better. So ask this or something better. So going back to that whole boyfriend or first love example thing, I know now that as much as I thought at the time that I wanted that love to come back to me, the universe or God or source, whoever you want to call it, but the universe knew better. And I did get what I wanted a loving, lasting relationship, only it was different than my first imagined scenario. And had what I thought I wanted back then worked out, I'd never have had the life that I have now or the family that I have right now. And he wouldn't have had the life that he has now or the family that he has. So things do tend to work out. Maybe not the way that you envision. <laughs> um, remember that song by Garth Brooks, Unanswered Prayers? You know, sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers because uh, he says uh, some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Sometimes we don't get what we want, but it's because that thing wasn't meant for us because there's something else was. Or if you're manifesting, it may arrive in a way that you hadn't expected. Yet there it is. <laughs> if you ever saw that movie, oh gosh, it was by uh, Frances Mays, Under the Tuscan Sun. She, there, she, there was a book by uh, the same name and um, where Frances... She wants a home, she wants a family, um, a wedding, and a baby. And she got all of those things. Only she got her home in another country. Uh, let's see, she, had, she got a family, but very unconventional family. Not, you know, the one that she thought she wanted, but she got a really wonderful family, just not the way she envisioned. And she hosted a wedding at her home for the neighbors. <laughs> and then um, her best friend moves in with her and had a baby. So, I mean, she got all the things she asked for and her life was wonderful. It just didn't come to her in the way that she originally asked. It did come though. And she got everything she wanted. So basically you guys, life is beautiful and manifesting is real, but you have to be open to it. And remember that desperation is not the way to bring it because your vibration isn't able to connect to the frequency of what you want. Um, Dr. Joe Dispenza, he talks a lot about this. He says that we have to be able to think greater 
than our conditions in our lives. So you basically need to be able to imagine a greater life, imagine all the possibilities. We have to be able to realize that we are pure consciousness living in a body. Most people use their senses to determine the reality. This is what Dr. Joe Dispenza says. He says, most people use their senses to determine their reality and they are materialistic, which is the primitive brain. And the primitive brain is in control when you are only thinking in terms of your actual reality and the materialistic things. We react to everything in our lives. But in the creative state, an amazing thing happens. You forget about yourself and you become selfless. You become no body, no thing in no time. That's when you can begin to envision a new possibility, a new way of being. And then the forebrain turns on and you forget time and space. The only thing real in that moment is a thought. And the brain believes the thought is the experience and upscales the hardware that changes the brain ahead of the actual event. Isn't this stuff fascinating? Joe Dispenza is amazing. Hey gang, just a quick break to tell you about my book, After the Fire. If you haven't grabbed your copy of this book yet, I highly recommend you do. After the Fire is a romance novel based on the real-life events of the 2015 Valley Fire that happened in Lake County, California, where I live. And if you're wondering how a romance novel can be portrayed within the tragedy of a horrific fire, well, I'll tell you that my characters are to the Valley Fire what Jack and Rose were to the Titanic. It's about two grieving people, a tragic fire, and one small community that won't be defeated. After losing his fiance in a car accident, Embittered contractor Gabriel Hart is sent to Lake County to aid in the cleanup effort after the Valley Fire burned more than a thousand homes. Local girl Sarah McKinney struggled with a failing marriage when she was suddenly widowed with the loss of her young husband. Neither was looking for love, but for Gabe and Sarah, it was attraction at first sight. Only the opportunity to meet passes them by. Second chances are fortuitous when Gabriel is working to clean the home site of a fire victim and he sees Sarah again. With each having experienced unimaginable loss, the two form a bond that soon ignites into passion. But will haunting pasts, long distances, and a secret Sarah keeps stand between their true love? In this story of catastrophic loss, community support, and renewed hope, two souls try to mend their broken hearts while assisting those who lost virtually everything in the fire. So you can get After the Fire in either paperback or ebook from Amazon, or go to my website at pattydeanerwrites.com to learn more. Links will be in the show notes. Um, but basically, you guys, that's the moment when you can move from survival mode to creation mode. You have to be able to open up your brain and have and choose a new thought. So when you reach that moment, when you move from survival mode into creation mode, your hormonal centers will turn off and the energy moves into the heart. You literally will fall in love with the moment. And Dr. Joe Dispenza calls this the natural state of being. You might remember that in the past, I've talked about the fact that um, so many great thought leaders have said, you know, we were born to be joyful. We were born to be in a state of happiness. That's what we were born to do. Uh, we weren't born to suffer. So 
yeah, the natural state of being, y'all, to fully fall in love with the moment and to be happy. So this is how we can change guilt and suffering into gratitude and joy. Your body doesn't know the difference between an external event and what you create internally. This is how your vibration changes, the energetic field you create. So this is so exciting to me. (laughs) When you do this, your body feels the event has already taken place or is taking place. And so it signals new genes to change your body to look as if it really occurred. Dr. Joe Dispenza says that the latest research in epigenetics says that you can change your body by thought alone. This is incredible. So if there's physical evidence that proves that your brain and your body think an event has already occurred, then your brain and your body are no longer living in the past. They are living in the future. That's how you create a new future. Is this insane or what? I mean, this is mind-boggling, but it's, it's so fascinating to me. When you imagine what it would be like to have something or to experience something, and you allow yourself to imagine what it would feel like, you open up the frontal lobe of the brain, which is your creativity center. It has connections to the whole brain. It's the leader of the brain. It begins to select different networks in the brain, and it creates new patterns and new wiring of the brain through this process. This is changing your mind. You know, we talk about change your mind. (laughs) This is literally changing your mind. This is how you create a vision for the future. You get inspiration, enthusiastic. I guess enthusiastic, according to Dr. Joe Dispenza, and actually I've heard this also from Dr. Wayne Dyer, Um, It means entheos or filled with God. So if that doesn't really strike a chord with you, I don't know. For me, it's like, yes, (laughs) enthusiasm, that is very powerful feeling. So when you do this and you fire and wire differently, when you see a new destiny with excitement and enthusiasm instead of panic or fear or desperation, then you've changed your consciousness, your awareness, your reality. And when you apply this information to your life, when your behaviors will start to match your intentions, then you'll be able to have new experiences. You will feel different. You will feel clear. And you can teach your body chemically what your mind has understood. So it's not enough to understand it. You have to actually feel it. And when you have those visions of things, like through meditation, it really helps me. I really, and I, and I do, um, you know, guided meditations with people that I trust. Um, I also, there's, there's lots of apps that are out there that help you with guided meditation. But um, seriously, if you can open up to this idea, this will change your life forever and the way that you behave and the way that you react to your reality. It's not enough though to do it once or twice. You need to have a practice of conditioning your body to become the mind through quiet meditation or envisioning or breath work or yoga, walking in nature, actually seeing and feeling what it would be like to have a changed life. Deepak Chopra, he says about manifestation that wisdom traditions teaches that it comes from pure consciousness, which is infinitely created and timeless and spaceless. It's forever. It's everywhere. Pure consciousness is limitless. 
and you need to have clear intentions for what you want without paying much attention to the details of how it's going to come about. Remember, you can't hold on so tightly. Don't interfere with the flow of how it will arrive in your life. You cannot have attachments or anxiousness about it. You have to fully believe for it to work. So when you fear, it's not going to happen for you. It'll cancel out your intention of having it work out. So think of it as a seed that you're planting, right? You plant a seed, you water it, you know it's going to grow, but you just aren't sure when it's going to first appear, right? You still, though, you're going to nurture it, but you're going to let it be. You know, put it out in the sun, give it water, all the nutrients it needs, but then, you know, it's out of your hands. It will come when it's meant to come. You will sprout a plant when it decides it's time. So friends, the consciousness energy field is always there. You just need to tap into it. Think of it as a radio wave. You don't need to see it to understand that it is there. You only need to tune into it. So I hope that that helps to clear up for you guys out there about manifesting and how you can get it to work for you. I'm still practicing. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. The one thing you need to understand is that, you know, even though we learn these things and we intellectualize it, we, we know it doesn't mean that we're able to practice it perfectly. We have to work at it. And yes, it is work, but you also have to have a firm belief and ask, believe, receive. And don't be so rigid about having it show up in your life exactly the way you want. Sometimes certain things are not meant for us because other greater things are coming. And we have lessons that we have to learn. You know, there are contracts that I believe we come to this earth with that certain things are meant to teach us. But we also have free will. And part of that free will is able to change your mind. Changing your mind, changing your body. And your body meaning that your pure consciousness by seeing something ahead of time and fully believing it and allowing your body to feel what it would feel like if it were so already, if it's already happened, then you will change your body chemically from it thinking that the experience has already come to you. Anyway, I hope you'll start practicing manifesting better today. And um, I'm going to leave some links in the show notes for you guys to listen to some excerpts from Dr. Joe Dispenza. He has cutting edge information to share out with you. So um, definitely check that out today. And if there's anybody else you'd like to uh, know who I listen to, I would be glad to chat with you about this. You can email me at patty at beautifulsecondact.com. The link uh, to email me is also in the show notes. I'm continuing to grow. We're on this earth, I believe, to expand our minds, expand our hearts, and live our best life in the second half of life. Thanks for joining me here today, you guys. Um, If you want to support this show in any way, the best thing you can do for me is share the program out with somebody that you know. Uh, Share it on social media. um, Share a link to one of the episodes you liked with a friend. Text it to them. Email it to them. Um, if uh, If you post on social media, make sure that you tag me too. I would love to join in on your conversation. Thank you. Just thank you so much for being here. So enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll be talking to you again next Tuesday and every Tuesday here at Beautiful Second Act. Cheers. Thank you.